Welcome everyone to the Nerd Journey Podcast, episode 103. We are joining you every week to talk IT career progression and bring you the advice we wish we'd been given earlier in our careers. I'm your host, John White, at BJourneyman on Twitter, joined by my co-host, Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore. Hey, Nick, how's it going? Doing great, John. Just finished a nice hot cup of coffee, as usual. We are pre-sales technical engineers with backgrounds in IT operations. We hope our career discussions will be vendor neutral, relevant across disciplines, and remain timeless. If you're enjoying our content, please drop us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you subscribe. And if you want to get in touch with us, tweet or DM at Nerd Journey. Ultimately, we're just two nerds on a journey. A journey to virtual enlightenment. So let's take a trip. Awesome, Nick. Hey, so uh, we're closing out the year, episode uh, 103. And um, what better way? We just, you know, we're over 100 episodes now. What better way to close out 2020 than to talk about uh, something that we talked about in the very first episode that we recorded? Um, you're joining VMware as a solution architect. No, solution engineer? No, sales solution engineer? engineer. Yeah. Okay, great. I, uh, I've been away from VMware so long now that, uh, I, uh, I miscapitalize it. I capital V capital M capital W is how I spell it now. That really hurts, John. I want you to know that. Yeah. I, I know all the soft spots. I know all the soft spots to cause harm. Yeah. <laughs> well, it all started when you converted to Gmail. Yeah. That's, I know it's very painful for people to, to get a uh, mail from me now. I, 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 uh, I use a different single sign-on solution. It's a different everything. We're going to cut all of this. <laughs> no, this is staying in. Oh, all right. All right. So yeah, let's uh, maybe talk about, you know, your, uh, journey at VMware now it's, you just, uh, passed the, uh, three-year anniversary. And I know the, that the last time we talked about my career at VMware, it was the three-year anniversary. I don't know where the time has gone. But um, three years of VMware, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, when people ask me how I'm doing, I just say that I'm living the dream one day at a time. And I think that still applies quite well here. <laughs> I started in December 2017, and I started in a segment that was called the commercial segment. So I supported three sales reps as the, you know, pre-sales technical counterpart. And... Each of them had several hundred customers in the territory spanned North Texas, Oklahoma, and parts of Arkansas. So I was traveling probably once a month or so. We'd make a trek to Oklahoma, visit some customers, might be three or four days at a time, and then come home. Sometimes we fly, sometimes we drive. But that was new. As I mentioned in some of the previous episodes, I was not used to making frequent trips out of town for work. I had done a little bit of that to go to new sites that we might have stood up in in a different state for acquisitions when I worked for a manufacturing company earlier in my career when I was in operations. But this was, you know, a lot heavier travel. And it's one of those things where you're in, when you're in meetings all day, you know, you try to schedule four or five meetings a day if you can and fill that schedule up. But, you know, life doesn't stop coming at you. You still get emails about other things and have to answer those while you're on the road. So you you have to decide what's urgent versus important, what needs immediate attention, and 
you have to make sure you get some rest and stay hydrated. Yeah, that that kind of travel schedule, that can be a big, uh, big change. Most definitely. I mean, it wasn't as heavy as maybe some of my teammates at the time. Their territories might have been larger or they might have traveled farther. Mm -hmm. And in this case, when I was part of that team in commercial, what was really interesting is there was only one other person on the team who lived within 50 miles of me. The rest of us were scattered across the, you know, the South Central U.S. So I didn't really get to meet any of those folks in person until many months later. I just joined this call. We had video calls, team calls, and but there was no, hey, team meeting, come come meet everybody in the office. That that right. didn't happen. It was log into your computer the first day at home and go meet with customers. And when you're not, you'll be at the house. Or and there's I, a VMware I, office in Dallas if you want to stop by. I bet at the time, this was pre-COVID, so probably it was mostly camera off. Or yeah. was it a camera on team? I th I think it was a little bit of both. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to remember if this was before we switched to Zoom internally. Because I, I feel like we weren't using Zoom the whole time I've been here. It was something else. Maybe it was WebEx. I don't know. Yeah, I think when you joined, it was the corporate standard was WebEx. Or Skype. Who knows? But it's interesting because everybody was very welcoming, very friendly. I felt comfortable calling them for help, asking questions from the more experienced members of the team. How do you go about this? How do I deal with this challenge? Much like you mentioned in your, in your one year reflections on Google, it takes time to learn the organization. Oh, I, I need help with this problem that someone's having with licensing. You know, I need help with this problem that someone's having getting support and several others, right? Process oriented things that you can only maybe know from doing it a couple of times within the organization, a little bit of that tribal knowledge. But what I really liked about the role is it was very dynamic, much like teaching math in my previous life, much like working the help desk, no day was seemingly the same. In that commercial segment, we wouldn't necessarily talk to the same customer that often. Maybe the biggest ones, the top customers, maybe once a quarter, maybe a little bit more often than that. But some of them, we might, I might have only talked to them once or twice, and that's it. And and so you you may or may not have a lot of time to do a ton of research and prepare for those meetings. Yeah, if, if you have three reps with several hundred customers each, you know, there maybe there's the, the top customers that each one is dealing with that you have the time to build up some relationships with, but mostly it's probably a lot of it going in cold. And when we say top customers, we are likely referring to the fact that they own more of our software. Yeah, I when I say top customers, I really mean the customers that are top as an engagement, right? Because they're either, you know, super tight with the company or, um, you know, they, they're making a big bet on the technology in the future or thinking about maybe making a big purchase. 
So, you know, with more of their budget at risk, they, they want to vet the solution a little bit more. So, you know, a lot of, a lot more discussion. And it wasn't always this particular scenario, but a lot of times you're talking to, I was talking to people who did the same kind of job I did before the systems administration role, maybe Jack of all trades. It didn't mean that there wasn't a separate team for different functions under the it umbrella, but Sometimes it was just a small one, two, three-person shop that we would speak to. So it was always interesting and definitely relatable, easy to relate to what those folks were going through, the pain points, the challenges, and I, I enjoyed it quite a bit. But it was it was fast and furious, I have to say. And like I mentioned in some of my some of my previous reflections. Work-life balance was definitely off for a little while, trying to get that figured out with the travel, making sure that you're responsive to your customers if they have questions or problems that need addressing, making sure you're responsible to the people you support internally. You know, I had sales reps that I supported. I worked with technical specialists that I would need to bring into conversations at times, and knowing when to bring those people in to the conversation and how to work with them the best way and how they should support me were all things that had to be figured out. Now, it was about February 2019 where I, I made a transition from this role in the commercial segment to what we call the enterprise segment, which was more along the lines of what you did pretty much the whole time you were at VMware. I just happened to do it in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So I moved from supporting three sales reps to supporting one. And I moved from having probably almost a thousand customers to three. Now, these were different customers. These were customers that were oftentimes global companies. Right. With technology teams in different areas with different problems, different infrastructure, oftentimes didn't talk to each other. And even within the, the geographic dispersion, there might be a deeper segmentation between teams. And so it's, in my mind, it's like a lot of customers in one, and we just call it this one big company. Yeah, sometimes companies will have different business units that operate independently from each other making their own decisions on technology. Yeah. And so you have this, when I initially got into the segment, I just thought, wow, three customers, how am I going to, how am I going to stay busy with that? And I remember talking because I switched to supporting a new rep. I switched to a new team of peers. I switched to a new manager. So you can probably see how all this started playing out in the podcast episodes. If you're paying attention and have listened to some of those, it reminds me of the, the Geek Whispers episode where they talked about if someone actually knew what was going on in their lives at the time they recorded the episodes, they would get why the episode came to be. I totally get what they meant now. <laughs> because some of it was, you know, let's talk about some of the things we're actually going through and see if we can help somebody else. And it ended up helping us in along the way. So I had a, had a new boss. I had met him before. And I, okay, you know, three customers help me understand how that's going to keep me busy. He said, well, some weeks you're going to be focused on just one customer. Probably they're going to have enough to keep you busy. And I'm just thinking, 
that's not possible. It is. It definitely is. When you work with all those teams, you may have three or four meetings in a week and not talk to the same group of people. And the group of people that you're talking about within this big organization may (laughs) never talk to each other. Right. Very possible that you might be the glue that connects those people. Mm -hmm. Oh, hey, have you talked to so-and-so about, because they're having this problem too. Sometimes it's, it's helpful there. I didn't have to travel as much. Oh, that's in terms, interesting. In terms of out of state. Mm-hmm. You know, my customer, the most of the time I'm making visits with people in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Two of the customer offices I visited the most were, you know, 45 to 50 minutes away. Uh, one of them would require out of state travel every now and then to go to the the headquarters, if you mm-hmm. will. So it was less less time away from home, which I liked, mm-hmm. but still there were days where I was gone all day. I wasn't at the house, had to plan a, a stop in the middle of the day to get something that wasn't complete junk. If you remember from the Randall Cook episode, we talked about how to get yourself ready to go through a drive-through and not select something that's complete garbage. Well, I definitely had to go through that exercise and I... I was intentional about it so that I wouldn't get that after lunch drop mm-hmm. and in a one or two o'clock meeting, I can't think. That'd yeah. Be, that's bad. So it was a little bit different team dynamic. So the new team, interestingly enough, all local to Dallas Fort Worth except one that's that was in Austin, but would come up here for customer meetings pretty often. And we had an office here in Dallas, and my manager was in Dallas instead of in a different city like before. So he liked to come into the office a couple times a week, if not more. So I started coming into the office as well to spend FaceTime with him, FaceTime with some of my peers. And I found, you know, that again, a different dynamic, right? From totally remote to most of the team comes into the office. Not everybody, but some. So I'd hang out with them. A lot of the extended team, most of the extended team is local, and they would come to the office as well. So again, spending some time with them, we might have meetings, internal meetings at the office to plan things. We might have customers that came to the office for a visit, some kind of technical deep dive session. We had a place to to host those if needed, pre-COVID, of course not happening right now, but the amount of resources that I could pull in to help me have discussions with customers or help me with a challenge seemed to go up in these, in the scenario where I have these bigger customers, which is good and bad because it's good from the standpoint of you have the help you need. It's bad from the standpoint of then you have to think about, okay, when do I engage this person? How do I make sure I'm not wasting their time? How do I make sure I put them on the right task for the right reason? Because they're not just supporting me, they're supporting maybe 10 of me or 15 of me in some cases or more. And I think that in this segment, it feels like things are a little bit more pressurized at times just because 
we might talk about a specific problem or how to solve it with a customer many times before deciding on, okay, this is the path forward. And we might have to meet with many different teams to get an agreement on that path forward. Whereas, you know, in my previous role, maybe that's just a one shot thing. Maybe it's just a couple conversations or there's this long, or we need to do a, a proof of concept that takes a little bit of time. And then you start meeting with people who are higher up in the organization and helping to shape the technology strategy and talking to them about what their plans are and how it's going to drive the organization forward. And if you haven't talked to those people before, it's, it's a little bit daunting if you don't know how to communicate with, with folks at that level, because as you go up the ladder in technology management, business management, they're thinking on a different plane. And if you're not used to thinking and communicating on that plane, kind of like Brad Tompkins journey that we talked about, it's going to be tough. And you, you may not have that practice. What are some of those roles and, um, you know, modes of thought that you came across in, in those larger organizations? Like I, I, what immediately pops into my mind is like, like change management. Right. But that tends to happen just for like, you know, um, configuration changes. Um, but there's like equivalent, like types of, um, organizations just for like technology acquisition, maybe. There were enterprise architecture teams that are looking at new technologies, review, reviewing how that would look in their environment based on the complexity, working to build an architecture of exactly how it would fit into their systems, how it would integrate. And then they would have to take that oftentimes to a change review board or technology review board to get that approved. And that kind of red tape was not something that I had experienced in the previous role. Maybe you're talking to somebody who is a VP of SaaS services for a software company that's trying to, to take their products from a lot on-premise to also having a SaaS offering. Not that different than a lot of technologies companies are doing today. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. So they're evaluating their future at the same time. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So when you're talking to people like that for the first time, you know, you want to make sure you're prepared. You want to make sure you can talk to them in the right way and make sure that you're bringing things that they care about and understanding their unique challenges which may be different than those you've been exposed to before. I'll just say that. So not 100% relatable experiences. Correct. Absolutely. Something else I thought of was the company has continued to grow more and more employees. The portfolio is getting bigger from organic growth as well as acquisitions. So you're talking about VMware now, VMware, excuse me. Mm -hmm. And as a technical generalist, which is where I operate, that's more stuff to learn, more stuff to know about 
more stuff to educate customers about, more problems to solve for customers. And as we discussed before, there's no way to know it all. Impossible. More specialists at your disposal to help with those conversations, to learn from. I know in some of the previous episodes we talked about my extracurricular activities. So I am still the co-leader of the Dallas-Fort Worth Spice Corps. Again, technology generalist group here in Dallas-Fort Worth. We've been meeting virtually since COVID hit. Nice. We've done pretty well with quarterly meetings. I missed the Q4 meeting. Shame on me. Just too busy. Couldn't do it. Anyway, hope to get that back up and running in January or February. I will say that I've been a little bit more involved in VMUG. Both of us have. You mm-hmm. and I did a presentation for a VMUG event not that long ago. Oh, yeah. A Nerd Journey presentation. Career. <laughs> and I've done a few on the extensive guide to using VMware documentation like a pro. I've become pretty passionate about that. And nice. that's that's been fun. I was able to, to do a presentation for VMworld this past year, co-presented with a, a guy named Mark Foley. That was fun. Obviously, we're still podcasting. I still try to write blogs when I can. I want to be able to hit the once a month mark, but that hasn't always been the case. I did I did drum up a series on Azure and Azure Functions and tons hmm. of observability. So I, I tried to teach myself something new, an integration with a VMware product while also learning something outside the bubble. Nice. That I think it's important to get outside the bubble, you know, we can get opinions and points of view from our internal colleagues, mm-hmm. but go play with some of the other tech that's out there and see what the integration points are so that you can speak to it. I think that's important. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And it's been fun tinkering. I, I've enjoyed it. I need to get back to continuing that series. I actually went with Azure Serverless because around the time that COVID hit, all the low-cost VMs were not low-cost anymore. <laughs> oh, really? Like the free tier was completely taken. Oh, wow. So, you know, serverless functions, those are, you know, pay by execution time, which is almost nothing. Mm-hmm. But I got some experience writing some code, mm. working with a Git-like repository inside of Azure DevOps, so Azure repos and, and some CI/CD pipeline stuff. Hmm. Not an expert by any means, but I got to tinker with it, and it's opened my eyes to, to different things. It's really fun. Oh, very cool. I know I spent many a weekend during COVID messing around with that. I joined a meetup group or two. There's a DFW Azure user group, so I I listened in on one or two of those. That was pretty fascinating. And something recent here, John, I was accepted into the CTO ambassador program at VMware, which is pretty pretty intimidating and pretty exciting at the same time. Oh, that's amazing. Congratulations. Think of it as this part-time job that you get to do in addition to your normal work. Oh, but great. you you get to work on these initiatives that might be focused on partners, customers, or incubating some new technology out there. And 
the people you get to work with are some of the most brilliant people you're going to meet. And you get to learn from people closer to the products and research and development, close to the top of the company who are setting our vision and looking at new technologies and where we should focus our efforts. It's, it's going to be exciting. We'll have to see how that goes and yeah, the kinds of exciting. things that I get to be involved in. Yeah, that I'll, I'd love to hear about that more in the future when you have a, a better handle on it. Yeah, right now it's just, hey, you got accepted. And it's one of those things where you really want to do it and there's an application program that you have to go through and then you get accepted and you go, whoa, I guess I'm doing this now. Yeah. Gotta figure out how to <laughs> have to figure out how to manage my time to, to make sure that I can do a good job and be a contributor. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Another aspect of working at VMware is networking with people, mm -hmm. making sure you don't have packet loss in your relationship, you know? <laughs> Nerd alert. Yeah, yeah. No, but seriously, you meet so many different people, right? I worked mm -hmm. in the commercial segment, and so I met all these people on an extended team. I'm in enterprise now. I met so many people on this extended team. You know, I've still had contact now and then with former customers. Mm -hmm. Watch them move on to other roles, say congratulations. Interestingly enough, I got an email mm -hmm. this past week from a guy who was my CDW account rep when I worked at a manufacturing company. It, it had to have been sometime between 2007 and like 2015-ish mm -hmm. when, when he was the rep. And he now works for VMware. Isn't Seriously. that funny? Yeah. That's small hilarious. World. Small world. Did he like just join and reach out to you or? No, he's, he saw something I posted about the podcast, actually. Mm -hmm. He's like, I recognized your name from when you worked at Anchor Fabrication. I'm like, <laughs> I totally remember you. Yeah. So we're supposed to do a one-on-one -on -one soon. I'm excited about that. Catch That's up. That's awesome. And one thing I've been doing from a networking perspective is since we do podcast about career, when I talk to my customers, I like to try and encourage them to get out there and do community participation. You know, if mm -hmm. they're doing something really exciting in the technology space, which most every one of them is, and it's leading to growth in their skill set, I try to encourage them, hey, you should, you know, put in something for this VMware user group call for content. I'll even help you write the abstract. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I, I like to do that. And as you know, my approach to writing the abstract is get one out there and then figure it out once it gets accepted. <laughs> Too funny. And some of the things I've been thinking about are mentorship. When I first started with VMware, I had a, a dedicated mentor on the team. He was a senior member of the team, had been there a while. I actually was taking over for him in this particular territory so he could support a different set of customers. And I remember him telling me that, you know, he was happy to help me in any way he could. The deal was he'd give me unlimited texts and phone calls for six months. After that, it might be a little more limited. <laughs> but it's it's somebody that you can talk to that is still kind of a peer. It's not your boss. You right. know, if you want to ask them something that you're not comfortable asking your boss, it's a good opportunity to do that. 
and I really enjoyed that kind of helpfulness and I thought well I'd love to provide that help to someone else you know in a lot of ways John you've you've been a mentor to me as well and so we have a a program inside VMware called the Academy program Mm -hmm. and a lot of times folks who are fresh out of college maybe they've studied technology something in the science STEM area and they learn how to become solution engineers and so oftentimes they need to get paired up with someone who is a more experienced or seasoned solution engineer to help understand how to navigate the company and some best practices for getting into the role. So I've been doing a little bit of that and I find that it's a lot of fun. Oh yeah. There's that. That's amazing. Like always giving back, especially to young people as they're coming up, you know, that there's a a whole lot that can go right with that. It's just, just amazing. Well, and I tell them, I don't know everything. I'm not going to be able to answer every question. And it's funny because I just I fired off an email to a group of folks that I talked to a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. And I had asked them before the session we did a couple of questions. What is it you want to know? And so what I did was is I anonymized the questions that they sent me. And I sent them back to the group the other day. And I said, look, this is the list of questions I received from you as a group a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. I want you to pick out which one you think was you. And now I want you to answer it Ah. so that I can give that advice to somebody who's in the Academy program now. Right. Right. So that was, it was pretty fun to see their, their responses. And I don't think anybody guessed wrong. They knew which one was theirs. (laughs) That's so interesting. Had passed. It was fun. Yeah, that is fun. That's really cool. I have a couple questions actually that I'd like to get into. My first question is, you know, it's three years in, right? So what's Mm -hmm. made you stay for three years? What's made me stay? Well, I think you're going to have to wait till next time to find out, John. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, we don't, we don't do anything in part in a, in one episode, do we? That's a good point. The whole story. That's a good point. Maybe this is a good time to break. Cause I have a feeling you're going to have many questions with which to grill me. And I want to make sure and, and give you that opportunity. So let's save it for next time. How does that sound? All right. All right. Let's, let's come back. We'll do another episode, uh, with my questions for you. Cool. Just a reminder, we want people to subscribe and give us a positive review on Apple podcasts or wherever you're listening. We want to know if we're being helpful and are always looking for interesting questions to ponder. We're collectively on Twitter at nerd journey. All right, farewell listeners, and tune in next time as the journey continues. I'm John White, at BJourneyman, and Nick Cordy, at NetworkNerd underscore, signing off. Adios. Adios.